Welcome to One More Dig, Metal Detecting Stories, and I'm Dave Spannenberg. This is episode 7 on the 7th of March. Um, spring's coming, hopefully soon. And so today I'm going to have a couple of things I'm going to do. First, I'm going to talk about um, an outing I went on, well, two this week, um, in the snow metal detecting and then I'm gonna share a story from my metal detecting club from 1998 and I'll explain all that um, when I when I get there but um, it's pretty funny and it's sort of indicative of of what we do and I named this metal detecting stories um, for a reason so I have I think I have a plan where I'm going to incorporate a story, maybe every episode, maybe every couple, but the one I'm going to share with you today is the first documented story of the Longhouse Treasure Hunters. Um, but first, I just want to say, uh, talk a little bit about, um, I'm a member of a couple of groups or a few groups on Facebook that are dedicated to metal detecting. And one of them's dedicated to New York, and folks were posting uh, photos of themselves metal detecting um, in the snow. And, you know, I was very curious about this since I live in New Hampshire, and I asked some questions. And so I found that even with snow on the ground, that there are some areas in the woods that are diggable. And so I found that behind my house we have six acres which is part of a very large tract of forest um that used to be a farm and the part that that we own has a 18th century stone well on it and um it used to be pastures for uh for farming and we have stone walls crisscrossing. And so I decided to go up. Um, I can't remember what day it was. One day after work, I think it might have been Thursday. Um, just for, I only went up for an hour. I bundled up. I brought machine and a, a big shovel. And lo and behold, there were areas where um, there wasn't snow. I'm talking maybe six by six, 10 by 10 areas for whatever reason, whether they get uh, hit by light differently or um, can't recall if they were under. Yeah, I think some of them were under large trees and didn't just didn't get the uh, the amount of snow. But um, I was lucky enough um, over two trips up there. One was today, actually. To, I just set my machine on all metal and there was so little ground for me to, to detect on. I just, um, I dug everything. And so in my two trips, I got four beer cans. Apparently up behind my house, uh, folks drank a lot of beer and, and buried them. I found one buried under one of our stone walls, which was very odd. Um, I always detect the walls as well because sometimes um, you find things between the between the rocks. I found 
horseshoes and oxshoes and uh, and things you always dream about maybe in there finding a a little metal box with coins or something um, and I'm sure that happens sometimes um, I did find an ox shoe and I I couldn't get it out of the frozen ground I got down to it and uh, I just couldn't chisel it out um, I found some barbed wire I found uh, up by up by the well I found an old um, piece of pipe that had hand not drilled but well they probably drilled but there were holes all around it like it went on the end of uh, a big iron pipe wherever they were piping the water from that from that well I've been told that um, adjacent to where I live there was a, a farmhouse that burned down long long ago and I, I can't find any um, anything on it it's it's very strange you would think I would be able to find something um, and I haven't been able to go downtown into the records office or anything but um, that was that was exciting and um, and, a, and the highlight was a 22 shell but I was able to dig 10 holes or so in, in two hours and it was all junk, but it was something to do, and I got some exercise, and uh, yeah, so it's it was beautiful up there, and I'm lucky I'm lucky to have it all, and I have uh, permission from folks to own property that I border, so I can sort of wander over there if I want to. But so yeah, don't don't think that you can't detect during the winter, and it, it places like parks and things are just going to be frozen solid and yards but but a lot of times in the woods there's spots that uh that aren't and i learned that from metal detecting new york facebook group um so okay well that's it for that part um now i'm going to i have so at some point um I think I told you in episode two about the tre Longhouse Treasure Hunters book, we've all taken turns being quote unquote team leader. And one of the jobs of the team leader is to write up the take notes sort of when we're driving around and um, do, do a little bit of a, like a write up, a summary of the trip. And so in 1998, we, we, let me back up a little bit the group got together many years before 1998, but the actual write-ups that I haven't seen in 20 years, um, yeah, didn't, didn't start as far as I know until 1998. And I have one here from 1998. Uh, the team leader that did the bulk of these was Clark and, um, he, a couple of weeks ago, um, mailed them all, a package of them all to me, and I've been reading them, and it's pretty funny. There's there's quite a lot, but there's trips here that I haven't thought about. And, well, 1998, I was 28, and now I'm 50, so 22 years. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that that it was that long ago. But anyway, so I think... 
I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna read this to you and then interject um, details and backstories and things. But, so this is the 1998 Earl annual birthday hunt. And Earl um, was born in the spring. And so this, this, uh, this trip took place in March of 1998. Um, and it was hosted by the Longhouse Treasure Hunters and Amateur Archaeological, Archaeological Society. And I usually just call it the Longhouse Treasure Hunters. Um, so, here we go. So every trip we have, we meet at Earl's house um, at a specific time. And we load up the vehicle. And we all head out together, generally, in, in one vehicle. Um, this trip was only four of us, so there was plenty of room. It was myself, Clark, Earl, and Lumpy, and uh, we all met at Earl's house, and the first thing we do is we go to Stewart's, which is a sort of like a Cumberland Farms or an Irving, but in um, upstate New York and western Vermont ha have some of them. It's a, it's a convenience store. A regional convenience store um, in the, that we're all fans of. But that's the first thing we do before we even get on the roads. We stop and get coffee and they have breakfast pizza and um, we get all kinds of other junk candy. And um, So anyway, so we stopped at Stewart's and then so we had to go back to Earl's house to get a an ace bandage because I, who never played hockey before, got was coerced by a friend to join a roller hockey league. And so I couldn't skate. I went out and I bought $200 uh, Bauer inline skates, all the pads, all the, whatever, hundreds of dollars of stuff. And uh, the first practice, we all got together on a tennis court and I fell, and it was the day before this trip. And so I fell and I broke what's called the navicular bone in my wrist. And it's a very hard bone to heal. And I did end up wearing a cast for about six months and um, had surgery where they had to take bone from my hip and they made a paste to... I guess, piece the navicular bone together. This is all boring, whatever. But um, anyway, it's ridiculous that I decided to play roller hockey. So we had to stop and get an ace bandage. And then we headed out, finally, to a spot maybe 45 minutes away. There was an old Irish settlement. Um, we were, It was all... It was all grown up, but it was uh, loaded with... Um, cellar walls and and we we always felt like cellar walls were a good place to find things you usually find a lot of buttons maybe some coins um you know artifacts from just people living and so we stopped there and 
um, the snow was so deep up there. This was up in northern um, upstate New York that we could not metal detect. Um, it's funny that we, it's, it's funny that that happened after I told my story of hunting in the snow, but um, in this case, it was just, it was too much snow. We did, however, find our first find of the day, which was a washing machine, because it was sort of a remote area, and folks decided to use it for a dump rather than bring their garbage to the actual dump or have the trash um, pickup take it away. Um, so we took off um, for another little town in upstate New York called Brookfield, and while we were driving... We saw a treasure hunter um, just outside of a little town called Little Falls. I know I keep saying a little town, but we're all, we're very rural where we are, um, off of Route 5S. And so we turned back to say hello and offer some food and maybe a beverage and just to say hi and compare notes. And somehow between when we saw him, when we turned around, he was gone, but his car was there. So it was very odd. He was definitely hiding on us, I think. Um, so when we got to Brookfield, we were greeted by a chain link fence tapped with barbed wire and posted signs um, outside of a fairgrounds that we were, that we were going to hunt there. And we found, we hunted outside the fence and found a bunch of clad coins, but of course, we didn't do our research, and there we are at our like main destination, um, and it's all cordoned off, and we can't go. So next, we went down into the town of Brookfield, and we um, went under an old covered bridge. We stopped at a small corner park near a stream, and Earl found several wheat pennies, and I, with my broken wrist... Um, was relegated to cutting the cheese and pepperoni, um, but I was right-handed, which is where my injury was, so I had to train myself to cut left-handed, but I'm a big fan of cheese and pepperoni, so I adapted. It went pretty well. Um, on the way out of Brookfield, we saw another park. It was next to an old church, and Lumpy... Um, took charge and decided to ask permission from someone downtown. And as expected, the guy knows less than we do and seems to enjoy Lumpy's company and begins to follow us <laughs> as we attempt to leave. One thing treasure hunters um, encounter is, so folks think we're kind of weird, but boy, do we run into some, some strange stuff uh, ourselves. And so um, finally we drove away and did not stop at the spot because we didn't want to have to uh, socialize with the guy that was stalking us. Um, we did note the spot for future reference if we were ever in the area again. Um, next town we stopped at, we stopped at a community park and it, didn't look old, but a nice place to eat and drink. So I took command of the foreign 
coin category after we had a snack. It was a beautiful Canadian penny. And then Earl unearthed a nice Civil War token. The next thing that happened was I brought a silver dollar, a peace dollar with me on the trip to try and uh, fool someone into thinking that they found <laughs> found um, a silver dollar, which wasn't very nice of me. And I, I don't know, apparently in 1998, I thought I was pretty funny. Um, but I put it out and tried to fool, fool Clark with it. And he he didn't fall for it. I, I dug a plug and put it in right near him. Um, I, I was no match for, for Clark. Um, so it was time to leave the park and Lumpy decided he needs to eat and drink and ride in the back. And at that point, he before that, he was shotgun and Earl was driving. So Clark took over as pilot. At this point, we were just looking for some place to go. And apparently, neither I nor Lumpy wanted to read the map and find a place. Um, I'm assuming we were maybe having a, a beverage and... Uh, eating a sandwich. Um, but then we saw a sign for an old Episcopal church that was built in 1799, and we asked permission, and permission was granted to hunt the hill um, next to the site. And immediately Clark retrieved a beautiful crotal bell to take the lead in the artifact category. The next place we stopped was a place called Canadarago Lake, and it had a nice little swimming area, and Earl had hunted there in the past, so we decided to all get out and uh, do some detecting. My wrist was very sore at that point, and I just gave up and decided um, the beverages and cheese and pepperoni were enough for me. Um, but right out of the gate, Mark found a silver Merc dime on his second dig, and there were wheat pennies everywhere, and Lumpy and Earl found several silver dimes. I think three silver dimes each, but... Um, and then Clark found the oldest coin of the day, which was a 1910 V-nickel. This was a beach, um, but people had been swimming there for hundred some odd years and uh, had a little park that was adjacent to it. Um, and and this is where I became a casualty and fell behind in the foreign coin category to Earl, who found a Canadian dime. And remember, I had found a penny. Um, we found an old baseball field in the village of, uh, in a small village called Richmond Springs, um, driving around, and someone had beat us there and had left um, huge holes and didn't fill them in. It was very embarrassing to be a metal detector and see 
see something like that and that's that's the way you get kicked out of a place that's the way that uh cities make ordinances against metal detectors because some people just don't get it um and then we went to next stop was a town called cherry valley and it's um an old town and for some reason we didn't pick anywhere old to go we went to an abandoned school that was probably from the 40s or 30s i would guess and found nothing and then realized at one point that we were probably trespassing um so we just took off and didn't stop anywhere else in cherry valley and then we passed by an old grange and we went to ask permission and there was nobody home so we thought maybe we'd give it a shot and we found nothing there and tried a little park in the next town and and found nothing there um we noted there was a old church with a nice lawn and that maybe we would stop there someday um a future potential site for the for the team and so the remainder of the trip was a bust and we ended up in our old faithful spot in a park in scary new york um that we went about a million times and then at dusk we all went home and that was the 1998 birthday hunt one um at some point maybe i'll maybe i'll share the second one um two different birthdays two different people um but I can tell you that we had a lot of fun, and this is memories for me. I haven't read this up until recent, up until recently for twenty years. Um, I didn't, I didn't even remember most of this till I read it. But so for the for that trip, we had uh, like we always do. We have a little contest, um, and so the oldest silver coin was a tie between Earl and Lumpy with 1936 dime. Uh, most silver coins was a tie between Earl and Lumpy with three silver dimes. Oldest coin, Clark, 1910 V nickel. The foreign coin winner was Earl, who found a Canadian dime and beat me out. I had found a Canadian penny and held the lead for a little bit. Earl found a Civil War token to win the token category. Clark, with his beautiful crotal bell, won the artifact category. And Lumpy, who found three silver dimes, also found half of a silver locket to win the jewelry category. Um, so back then, we didn't really, we didn't give prizes for the winners. We just named the winners, and it was, it was fun. Um, later on, we decided to, pay dues and buy little little prizes for for different categories but and then we end up this team right up um the clark did it's it's very humorous to me but um things to bring for the next trip and camera so apparently we went out on a big team hunt and nobody brought a camera um, someone to dig finds for me, 
because of my broken wrist. Um, homemade beef jerky. Horseradish for the Bloody Marys. And the big one, and I've never brought this up before, but Velveeta and bacon sandwiches. And if you've never tried it, try it because you'll love it. And you basically, you'll take nice, like soft white bread or rolls, um, cook some bacon, slice up Velveeta, don't melt it, just regular cold Velveeta. Put it, put some uh, bacon and Velveeta on the roll and then wrap it up and put it in the fridge. You want to eat it, you want to eat it cold. And it's one of the best things ever. And it's probably responsible for the poor health of everyone in the Longhouse Treasure Hunters. Um, that and maybe some some beer. But it's delicious and you should all try it. At least try it once. Um, and so, yeah, so that's the end of that write-up. Um, that's the story. And... I'm going to listen to this and we'll see if I'm going to mix up how I tell the story, if I'm going to keep reading it or if I'm going to paraphrase. But uh, I just thought it'd be fun to share with you what what I do with my friends. And uh, that was a pretty good one, actually. We found some stuff. We we And it's pretty par for the course. We do a lot of driving around. Nobody is very planful on any of this. And so we're just we get in the van and we're like, okay, we're going to the Catskills or we're going, you know, to Vermont or we're go wherever we're going. And then we just drive and hope we see stuff. Um, everybody's pretty lazy, but everybody points the finger saying, you know, it's your turn. You tell us where we're going. And no one ever really does that, but we still find stuff. That was a, you know, that was a few silver, um, can't count me for hunting because I really didn't. So, you know, seven silver with three guys at, with no itinerary. Um, that was pretty fun. So anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed it. And I will be back next week with episode eight. Remember, you can email me at omdstories at gmail.com. This has been One More Dig Metal Detecting Stories, and I'm Dave Spannenberg.